right, two important milestones this week. I survived my surgery, and this is the second episode extravaganza. Hooray! Mike Davidson lives. Thank you for dialing us up. I'm Mike. My wife Jenny's in studio. Hello. Hi. And, of course, you're listening either on Podbean or Spotify or some other uh, platform that I'm unaware of. You can also uh, like me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash Mike Davidson lives. And Mike Davidson lives to tweets. You can find me on Twitter at Davidson lives. Yes, the vasectomy was Friday. We're recording this Saturday. And uh, I made it through. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I didn't lose my testicles. Surgeon uh, apparently knew what he was doing. Uh, went well. I uh, did have to sit on the recliner all day yesterday with uh, a rotation of mixed frozen vegetables to keep things nice and cool. But I think I overdid it toward the end of the evening because my a- my legs started to shiver. So that's contact heat loss for you. That is. That is. But uh, like, you know, the thing that everybody kept telling me was like, you know, you're going to experience this sort of pain for several days. Your your boys might be purple, bruised, swollen. It might mm-hmm. feel like a kick to the junk. Uh, yesterday there was some discomfort, but it more or less felt like a groin pull. Like if you pull a gro- your groin muscle, I guess that, that, that's probably going to be as close to knowing what a vasectomy is as you will know, right? I don't think I've ever pulled a groin muscle. You've never pulled a groin muscle? I don't think so. Okay, but... I've, it, I've had three children, so I mean... Well, something got stretched down there. <laughs> so, okay... On a lesser scale of that, but yeah. it, but somewhere in the in the neighborhood of a groin pull is what I went through. And uh, today, I mean, there's some chafing, and I'm not going to get into too many de- details, but um, feels better. I actually got up and walked around because I was getting antsy. I mean, one day in the recliner lounging around is enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after a while, I got so bored that I actually did dishes and laundry. Back off, he's mine. <laughs> I'm too sexy for her now. Actually, yeah. You know, when you think about it, you're very helpful around the house. So you're a great dad to our kids. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't sit around. Not not, <laughs> not that much. You don't sit around. <laughs> yeah. Maybe after a long day of work, uh, but that's about it. But, like, after yesterday, I was like, oh, I feel, you know, I was taking it gingerly and everything. Today, I'm a little more active, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and mow the lawn or... Uh, put the car up on a jack and try to uh, change the oil or anything crazy like that. I don't think you know how to do that. No, no. And a vasectomy doesn't give you that knowledge. Um, <laughs> but the, here's here's where, where things get a little weird yesterday because the surgeon that did it did a great job. I mean, obviously, if I'm able to sit up and talk to you without wincing. But I was a little taken aback because he came in and this dude had to be well north of 70. Like, like, yeah, he, uh, he came in and he looked at me and goes, so you're here to get neutered, huh? <laughs> you know, and he's, he's breaking the ice with these little jokes and stuff. And I guess some people take to it well, but in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, you're not really helping here. Cause there's still that anxiety, but I mean, he was, he was nice and we were talking, you know, and I kept my eyes closed the entire time because I didn't want to pass out two interesting things came up in the uh, in the conversation. You know how I say like it's a small world and Indiana is a smaller state? Yeah. Apparently, the surgeon that was performing my vasectomy did something for, I guess, the Elvis and Hammer show back at the old place years back. Like he was doing like a proctology awareness, like one of those proctober things that were pretty uh, prevalent in radio where it's, it's October, proctology, proctober, get your prostate checked out, you know. So I think he did a few live exams on the air, right? Yeah, yeah, you're giving me that look on my face with your face, but uh, 
Yeah, they usually don't allow like recording devices in the exam room. Usually, usually. usually. So, uh, what are you suggesting that uh, he didn't do it? That maybe it's theater of the mind or what? I don't think he did it. I really think it's the smoke and mirrors kind of thing. Okay. Because maybe. It, I wouldn't want to risk my job for something stupid like that. On air. On air. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone can have their 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> don't put your job on the line for it. Yeah. TikTok is a, is a great way to have your 15 minutes of fame and look smart doing it. <laughs> but also another weird thing came up during the surgery. And like I told you, he was like making jokes, you know, during our small talk and everything. Um, we were talking about the procedure, and he's like, yeah, I had one gentleman who opted to get the vasectomy without the pain meds and without the numbing agents and passed out during the surgery because, you know, you're getting yourself cut up down there. There's going to be a little pain, right? Never turn that down. But it was like, and I'm, I was saying, well, yeah, I had kind of a similar experience with uh, my wisdom teeth being pulled back in December. They offered me two choices, you know, numb it up or, you know, the anesthesia. And I, I've got to think about anesthesia. I just don't like that loss of control, not knowing what's going on. So I opted for the numbing agents. And he goes, oh, yeah, that, me too. I mean, I've had several surgeries like that. You know, I had my sur uh, shoulder worked on. I had my knees worked on, something with my back. Last week I had my cataract surgery. And as soon as he said that, like, I, <laughs> something stopped in my brain. I'm like, is he doing one of those small jokes again or what? But he kept going. Oh, no. So I think he was serious. Like, last week he was blind. No, I don't think he was blind. He probably couldn't see well. But uh, no, that definitely wasn't a joke. And when he told me that, yeah, I'm like, I, I knew it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, then, and so, like, I was, I, it kind of gave me pause. But afterward, you know, he, he helped me, you know, get dressed a little bit because. He helped you get dressed? Well, you know. Oh, that's so, sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's sweet of the old 70-year-old man to help me, you know, cover up my junk after handling it Did for months. Did they give you a sheet to wear? Yeah, yeah. No. But, but again, I. I, I kept my eyes closed, and since you were on a coffee run, because I'm a caffeine addict, and mm -hmm. like you, you and the boy, Logan, you guys were out getting me coffee, and whenever I would feel a twinge of pain down there, because like even when they're, because they had to use needles, and I'm not going to get into the graphic details, because again, I didn't look, I would have passed out. Sure. But there was the headrest behind me, and I was gripping it with both hands anytime I felt just the slightest tinge of pain. Uh-huh. But I got through it. Yeah, I he, got through it. Ladies, he was in stirrups. Yeah, was. He, yeah, he has joined our club. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. I had a stranger look at my genitalia, and I was in stirrups. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's a unique club and uh, the stirrup club. The stirrup club. I thank you and welcoming uh, welcoming in into your prestigious organization. We but, meet every Saturday. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I will be uh, back in the workforce coming up Monday, and of course next week I start my new job. So your new new job. My new new job. So your new new neuter job. My new new newer job. Neutered. Neutered job. <laughs> God, yeah. Uh, but that that was some of my uh, experiences past week, and of course I still have another day and a half to recover as of this recording, and hopefully everything goes without without a hitch. Now speaking of. Uh, hiding your balls or balls or whatever you had a uh, a pretty big milestone in terms of movie watching earlier last week oh yeah what, what what was it what you watched for the first time ever all the way through mrs doubtfire on disney plus because those guys pretty much done bought up 20th, 20th century fox mm -hmm. and it, that movie is very entertaining mm -hmm. it's a it's a great showcase of robin williams talent but you know it's more of a more or less a, a three's company kind of movie. Like it's basically 
he gets into these situations like, well, I'm going to dinner with my wife who doesn't know it's me, and then there's this dude, you know, toward the end, it's like, he's going back and forth, and it reminds me of something out of, like, Jack Tripper and Chrissy and hiding something from Mr. Roper and that sort of thing, right? I haven't seen that show. Okay, but but it's basically premise palooza. Like, they have these little premises going throughout the movie that seem like something out of a sitcom. Mm -hmm. And um, it was kind of interesting. I remember when the movie came out back in the day, some people, you know, like, you know, Christian, strict uh, parents, they were uptight about it because this is a movie about basically cross-dressing to see your kids. Kind of a... Kind of like a kid's version of Tootsie, I guess. Nowadays, I'm thinking it's people who are more woke that would have a problem with this because there are some jokes you're like, well, you can't do that anymore. Like, you know, uh, toward the end of the movie, he was talking about how, like, uh, you know, he had the kid show, and he's like, we're going to visit my home country of England, and I'm from London. You know what they speak there? And the little puppet guy says, Pakistani? And, like, it's kind of a funny joke, but some people might get uptight about that crap. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> um. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just basically kind of a fun movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've said this before about Robin Williams. The dude was funny. When he was over the top, it was a little much, but, like, in a movie like Mrs. Doubtfire, it works. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I liked it when he dropped his mask on the street and it got run over. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh. And then he goes to, what, his brother? Mm-hmm. And he says, be more careful with this one. Yeah. Why wasn't I an only bro- child? No. But my favorite part was the, with the case. Yeah, because <laughs> that came right after the, the face mask thing. Oh, it was so great. I love that part. And I just looked at you and said, I am so nervous for him. I know how this movie ends. Yeah. I'm like, I am so nervous for him. How is he going to get out of this? <laughs> and he really doesn't. He's just like, uh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and again. <laughs> Yeah, premise palooza, as I call it, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, you and I both had some very interesting observations about the movie. Mm-hmm. The observation I had while watching Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, and again, this is 1993. It's in San Francisco, right? And San Francisco for decades has been kind of a welcoming city to gays, right? Mm-hmm. It astounded me how many people were freaked out about a crossdresser in San Francisco, even in the 90s. Watching this movie, I'm thinking. They've been at this for decades. Like, if this was in Birmingham, Alabama, yeah, I can see this being kind of an issue and maybe even Oscar bait. You know, it it becomes a different movie because it's not as big of a comedy, is what I'm saying. But in San Francisco, you would think, okay, this is a little more common, not a big deal. Did, Did you pick up on that at all or no? I was looking more or less at the vehicles that people drove. Really? What'd you pick up with the vehicles? Oh, just how boxy they look. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. I like that a lot. The old boxy 90s, mm-hmm. late 80s kind of feel. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, I don't know what he was driving, but it looked like a Cavalier-esque kind of car. <laughs> I can't remember, but I'm like, I just like looking at, you know, the cars and the vehicles that are used in different movies. You know that my mom used to drive a Chevy Citation? She got a Citation? Oh. Yeah, those things were boxy, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like an 84, 85. The, the, the paint job on it was terrible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I just kind of thought that was weird that in San Francisco, of all places, you know, there was this big freak out about a crossdresser. And the other thing that kind of threw me off is the dopey bus driver. Oh, no. He's, I yeah. mean, the sweet dude. He's a sweet dude. He seemed like a nice guy. But, you know, he's like, a lovely me- evening, miss. And then the second time he does that, he see, looks over and sees the hairy knee. Oh. And he just assumes 
that Mrs. Doubtfire is Mediterranean and that's healthy and natural. Like, this is either, like, he either is in heavy denial about who he is mm-hmm. or he is the dumbest bus driver in all of San Francisco. <laughs> I was just thinking he's an extremely lonely guy. I'm sure he was too, but, like, if I see any that hairy, I'm thinking... Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds! Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, you, the, the observation you had was kind of interesting because it got me thinking about other characters in the movie, and that was the incredible disappearing Mr. Bond, James uh-huh. Bond, oh, Pierce yeah, yeah. Brosnan. Yeah. What, what was it you noticed about him? Jog my memory. It's been a few days. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, no, you, you talked about how at the end he's there... Robin Williams saves his life, and then he's no longer in the movie. The yeah, yeah, he gave that awkward Mike Davidson handshake and like <laughs> exited the movie. <laughs> I gotta go now. England needs me. Um, I gotta save it from uh, that horrible Sean Bean. Um, well, off to my next movie. But yeah, no, Robin Williams saved Pierce Brosnan's life, mm-hmm. and he just like hey you know thank you uh, this is weird good, good i'm leaving he's probably just like this is too freaky for me i don't know what y'all are into but i'm not buying well yeah but that, that, that's you kind of have to assume it because as, yeah. as soon as that handshake happens he's gone so there's no like well we're on a break or this was too yeah. much for him or i can't wait for him to get back from england so we can spend time together he just, he's just gone after that yeah but when you said that to me it got me thinking about other characters in the movie Harvey Firestein's character, the brother to Robin Williams. He's in it for three scenes. And as you mentioned, the last scene, okay, the, f- the first scene, he allows Robin Williams to crash on his couch. The second one, there's the montage of him getting ready to become Mrs. Doubtfire. And then the third one, the brief scene, he hands him off the mask and goes, why wasn't I an only child? And he's gone. You don't see him reference the enti- rest of the movie. And that's like halfway through. And you're thinking, well, is there going to be another scene where, like, you know, he gives his brother a hug and goes, I'm sorry things didn't work out or what? You never see him again. Mm-hmm. And then there's Martin Mole, who's been in, like, Mr. Mom, and he was a character on Roseanne. He's, a, you know, kind of a well-known comic guy. He has two brief scenes. He goes, oh, Miranda, I remember that you liked Piers Brosnan. And I know, here's Piers Brosnan, and he's gone. Like, you're wondering why the hell he's in the movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's, like, this kind of weird Twilight Zone thing with uh, Mrs. Doubtfire that I don't, I'm kind of thrown off by. You know what I mean? Like, they just, characters just disappear. Yeah, they're kind of written out with any, written out of the movie without any explanation. It, And I do respect that because it leaves it up to the mind of the viewer. What Somewhat. You, you don't want to be spoon-fed. Well, no, you don't want to be spoon-fed, but I mean, like, you know, maybe just kind of a throwaway line. But, you know, it would have been nice to know what would have happened to at least two of the characters, and that would be Piers Brosnan and Harvey Firestein. Easy. Went back to England, went back to New York. <laughs> and, and, and of course was hiding from uh, the aliens back to New yep. York see he was setting himself up for the next movie yeah and he, he found another weird guy to hang out with Jeff Goldblum that's that. That's what happened <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you know what I would love to hang out with all three of those folks oh my god yeah. could you imagine Jeff Goldblum as Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> why hello I'm Mrs. Doubtfire no I can't <laughs> no I can't so that's uh, that's that's how we've been kind of di- uh, distracting ourselves with streaming movies because, you know, things have been a little heavier in the news. Uh, you know, COVID, the Delta variant, and uh, I've noticed this trend on Facebook. You know how like you know they have the profile pics of yeah. you know and and the border saying you know I got vaccinated, I voted for blah blah blah. There's a, there's a new one floating around out there saying we we're, we're against the spread of disinformation because. 
you know, with something as big as COVID, everybody's got an opinion or a theory. Now, I want to say my opinion or theory, and this is not misinformation. This is an opinion. I'm saying it right now. I don't have any proof of it. But given what I do know about the virus, uh, it looks like it did originate from the city of Wuhan in China, like from that lab, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'm thinking what happened was it accidentally got out. And it's kind of like a Chernobyl type of thing where they're trying to cover things up and say, well, it's not as bad as it looks. kind of is. Or it could have come from uh, the, the uh, wet market down the road because China's had a pretty bad history with uh, regulating wet markets, raw meats. I think some, some forms of bird flu have spread that way. Not as bad as COVID over the last 18 months, right? Mm-hmm. Now... You know, there's a there's a 99.7% chance that if you get it, you're going to recover completely. You'll be all right. Uh, but the older you are, uh, the more obese you are. If you've got health concerns, like my mom's got a form of diabetes, she has to take a little extra care, I guess, going out. Um, you know, heart disease, cancer. If you have a, a pre-existing health condition, you want to take extra steps. And I think if our initial reaction to all of this was, okay, Here's what we know. Here's who it's most likely going to affect the heaviest. Here's what you do. We would be a lot better off, but I think because I think the big reason why there's some disinformation is that media kind of blankets over everything. You know, news media, because there's so much information to get out there. I don't know if it's necessarily a bias, but just getting the information out there. They pretty much just said, we're all going to die. Right. That's the kind of vibe I got. But, again, at the same time, there was some um, safeguards saying, hey, yeah, if you do have these underlying conditions, if you're older, if Uh you're pregnant, if you are immunocompromised, you have to be extra careful. Exactly. And they did kind of uh, give that parameter. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they did sensationalize it, I feel. Yeah, because there was that, you know, we got two weeks to flatten the curve, and then here we are 18 months later arguing how many masks we have to wear and uh, if, if you need to bring a vaccination card with you to go to Wendy's. You know what I mean? Right, and before we started this uh, episode, I was telling you that there are these insurance companies who would possibly penalize unvaccinated um, policyholders. Wow. If they're not. So even if they even if they work out, eat right, mm-hmm. take their vitamins, don't smoke, don't drink. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking a beer right now. They would um they would basically get fined. Yeah, it's a it's a surcharge. So basically oh. they're trying to move people to get vaccinated. Or make money off of it. Both. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's and it runny. it rubbed me the wrong way. It really did. I mean, oh. yeah, if you are a smoker. Mm-hmm there's going to be tons of medical costs incurred with this and yeah if you do happen to catch covid and it's really bad and you're in the icu and it's the insurance company does want to pay for shit Mm -hmm. i'll be honest okay they don't want to pay for nothing but um i can i can kind of see that but given how how much of a hot button issue it is Mm -hmm. either way you look at it you know, if someone just drops the word COVID or vaccine, some people may go from zero to 60 in no time. Oh, flat, yeah, yeah. Either way that they feel. But I'm just like, insurance is not free. It's hella expensive. Mm-hmm. And you're wanting to charge, charge more. us more right. for the same coverage. No. Right. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. And I asked you yesterday, I said, what do you think about the COVID vaccine? Because, you know, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm still on the fence. Like, I 
I have no problems getting vaccines for the flu, even though it's seasonal. Mm-hmm. You don't know which strain is going to be dominant this year. Measles, Tdap, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have no problem with that because I I trust. I trust um, that it's been around for a while. Right. And people know what they're doing. Right now, it's just been so rushed. Um, my head is spinning. It's just right. like people are saying one thing and saying another. I mean... And just these these side effects I read about, you know, fever, muscle aches, chills, mm-hmm. stiff joints. I already have arthritis. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I probably couldn't even move. But at the same time, you know, if it, if it just had, like, pain at the injection site, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a slight fever. I'm like, cool, yeah. I get it. That's fine. But if you're, like, super sick from getting this, like, the first dose, you may get a little bit of it. The second dose will be worse. Mm-hmm. But it really just depends on what your body does. Like some people, when they get vaccinated, have no have no problems. Right. Some people who get vaccinated have mild, you know, symptoms following that. One to three days is fine. And others, they may get really sick from it and then magically recover. And I'm just really confused on everything. There's just so much information out there and people trying to push you one way or another. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to come to the conclusion on your own. And to be honest, I have been to the doctor a lot after Logan was born because mm-hmm. I was super sick. Yeah. I was so sick. But it wasn't coughing, shortness of breath, or fever. It was gastrointestinal, which mm-hmm. does happen when I get sick. Right. My body just poops and pukes it out, whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's really good at getting it out yeah body, so, body's supposed to do that yeah it's just like okay you're sick there's something wrong it's just you know <laughs> but uh, and here i was thinking about getting a sound effect board for the nope. podcast nope we just okay. need uh me michael winslow okay but um <laughs> i i really feel like i had a touch of COVID. i'm not gonna lie because the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with me mm-hmm. and um when i went for a checkup after look and they said are you sure it's nothing viral Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> Do did you get something that rhymes with Rovid? Yeah. <sighs> but um, you know, I really think I had it, and it sucked. Yeah. It it really did. I'm like, it's just so tired, and just nauseous. I'm sure, it's not the kids. I don't know. It could have been stress too. <laughs> it could have been. It really could have been. But you know, to have stress doesn't cause diarrhea, at least in my history. Well. <laughs> so. <laughs> But I'm not going to tell you about my history, no. um, but but like but I think like if we took kind of like this, okay, step back. Here's what's happening. Approach. Here's what you do. Now everybody's like, well, either you get the vaccine or else, or if you get the vaccine, something bad's going to happen to you. It's it's mm-hmm. it, it it does seem like a. It, there does seem to be a lot of anger, like you said, zero to 60. But, like, I think that, again, the media kind of blankets over things. I'm going to give you a few non-COVID examples of this. Damn you, Snow! Yeah. <laughs> Remember the great Brood X outbreak of 2021 with the cicadas? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't happen here. Like, back in 2004, because this particular breed, this brood of cicada, comes out every 17 years. They have their bug orgy in the air. Mm-hmm. They die, they lay eggs, or they lay eggs and die. You know how it goes. And then 17 years, rinse, repeat. Lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah. Um, I remember in 2004 visiting family down in Cincinnati. It was bad. They were all over the damn place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were talking about how bad it was in Indy, but on the east side where I lived, where I grew up, nothing. Uh, toward Fort Bend, yeah, they were all over the place because it was wooded. 
Well, they're like, it's 17 years later. Oh, it's going to be all over the place, including Fort Wayne. Well, they were all over Cincinnati. They were all over where my parents live now in Martinsville. I may have this entire summer have heard, heard two or three cicadas. Your typical cicadas. That's it. I haven't seen one of those big, ugly, honking things. But locally, they were talking about get ready for that Brood X, that Brood 10, or whatever the hell they were calling it. It never happened here. You know, because, again, you can't have this outbreak unless 17 years ago the orgy happened here and the eggs were all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one example. The other one, uh, this week, for all you non-comic book nerds, Robin is bisexual from Batman and Robin, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Thing is, though, the, the character in question is the Tim Drake Robin, and Batman has had like 17 different Robins in his crime-fighting career. The picture that a lot of media outlets was using was the Dick Grayson Robin, the original one. Like they'll show like the old-school Jerry Robinson Ar- Robins from the 40s, uh, you know, Burt Ward who played Dick Grayson, you know, just the Dick. You know, and Dick Gracie went on to become Nightwing and have sex you know, with Batgirl and Star Starfire. Right? Mm-hmm. He's kind of a player. Mm-hmm. But they just assume, oh, it's Robin. We'll just use some Robin's face and say he's bisexual. I mean, there's been a f- couple of female Robins, you know. But again, media Jerry just Jerry Kelly, Jerry Kelly, Dark Knight uh, Returns, yeah. Um, but they just use one picture and say, oh yeah, Robin has always been bisexual. Well, which one, asshat? You know, so I mean, those are just kind of a couple of the things. Another, but going back to the COVID thing, mm-hmm. there just seems to be this blanket thinking. Well, if a lot of people get together, it's dangerous. Last year, Sturgis, you know, that big motorcycle rally in, in South Dakota, uh, only 470,000 people attended because you know there were some people that were a little afraid of the virus. And okay, I get it because it's a new thing; it's a novel virus. But still, that's a big honking crowd, right? It was one of the few things that did not get canceled last year. Sturges and everybody in the news was going, this is going to be a super spreader event. This is going to be a super spreader event. Millions are going to get sick and die. You know, it's going to be a super spreader event. And of those 470,000 people, I think like 689 total, you know, had COVID from this event. Now, there could be some that didn't report it and were sick. Or maybe some people got tested and were mistakenly told they had COVID. I mean, there's an error. The error, margin of error can go either way. But it was like a 0.0014% infection rate out of all these people. It's amazing. Devil's advocate here. Yeah. Do you think it was because it was held outdoors? That it that uh, the outbreak was not as bad? Yeah. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, you know, you got to think of the, you know, the biker thing. The biker thing, you know, it, you know, you're rebellious. You don't do what the man tells you to. You hit the open road. Yeah, I'm a biker. You, you get out there, and I and I think, yeah, being outdoors helped. Being out yeah. in the sun helped. Getting fresh air helped. Sure. But you know, but the media didn't care. They're just like, well, if you're around a bunch of people, you're going to die. And so this year, they're expect. They, I guess uh, it wraps up this Sunday. Seven hundred thousand they're projecting to be there if they're not already out there because it started up last week and they're saying well this could be a super spreader event i'm going here we go again if it's outdoors and you're out in the sun and you're out in the air and you know you're enjoying nature your chances of getting covid are a lot less than saying being cramped up in a hospital but again it goes back to well you know just blanket information 
Mm-hmm. You just buy into this sort of thing, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's still a lot. It is. It really is. Like, when COVID first hit, I was, like, really scared. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't too scared to the point of, you know, I got to stay quarantined even though I'm fine. I'm just like, so how am I supposed to pay my bills? Yeah. Uh, I got to work. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people are like that. Because you know, when this thing hit, you know, you were one of three people. You were either unemployed, you were underemployed, or you were overemployed. I mean, this whole thing kind of just flipped you on your head somehow. Yeah, it really did. And I'm not saying it's not serious. And I'm not saying that no. people have not died from it. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm... I'm not saying that it's not a big deal. It is. Yeah, but I, but again, I think there has been some overreaction, and if we were just to tone it down and be more sensible about it, that either than, you know, if you take the vaccine, you're going to die, or if you don't take the vaccine, you're going to die. You know what I mean? Like, but again, that's not how it's being played out in uh, the world. And now, going back to the, the surcharge thing, you, did you see, uh, was it Danny Wimmer? Concert promoter extraordinator, uh, you know, incarnation out in Mansfield, Ohio, uh, louder in life down in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, those tickets went on sale earlier in the year, right? And uh, he, I guess there was in the fine print, the fine print that uh, you know we have the right to exercise any COVID-related protocol. And you're thinking, okay, maybe we have to wear masks. Maybe okay, we have the social distance. They're now asking for proof of a vaccination or testing before going in and a lot of fans are upset and they want money back but in the fine print no refunds now you know they could be uh, like yeah well it's your fault for not getting the vaccine but i'm wondering if in the long run this is going to come back and bite a lot of rock promoters in the ass and, and what i mean by is like okay they get the money now but say they want to put on these shows next year mm-hmm People have a long memory if they feel like they've been screwed. Oh, yes, they do. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. It's like you're inside my brain. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you enact this and say, well, you have to do what we say or else. Well, there's a reason why they say the customer is always right. Not because the customer is always right, but because the customer has the friggin' money. And if you want them to part with the money, you have to treat them with a little respect. You know, and I think a lot of the reason why they don't want to refund is because they lost a lot of damn money last year. And that's the other thing, too. You know, when I was working at the old place, how many people would call in to me or message me saying, I miss seeing concerts? Well, I do, too. But I also don't want to be called a moron by people I'm giving money to. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, again, the guy goes back to overreaction. Is this an overstep? It's going to be very interesting to see in uh, the coming year or so what concert revenues are going to look like if they overstep their boundaries and not give refunds to people that don't want to go for whatever reason. Yeah, that's that's not trustworthy. Yeah, and let me, let me uh, ask this. Let's say somebody did buy tickets, but they're seeing this Delta variant coming up, and they're a little freaked out by it. Are you not going to refund them their money because they're afraid of the Delta variant? Maybe they do have an underlying cause, an underlying medical condition. I mean, you, you can go on about all the reasons, but... I, you know, not giving somebody a refund does seem a little underhanded, even if it is legal with the fine print. Make the moment right. <laughs> exactly. Make it right. Uh, speaking of making the moment right, let's talk about racist rocks. What? 
<laughs> you didn't hear about this story? No. Okay. Um, up at the University of Wisconsin uh, not too long ago, they had to remove from campus this giant stone uh, that is two billion with a B years old. Uh, it's anywhere from 42 to 70 tons in weight. And it was named after a geologist on the campus. This name eludes me. I should have written it down, but I was drinking beer at the time. Uh, it was moved because uh, some people thought it was racist. Because back in the 20s, it was referred to as blank rock, uh, blankhead rock. Blank being a very derogatory name for a black person. Sure. And it was only used once in official documentation in an article for the newspaper on campus back in the 1920s. And, of course, in the 20s, the Klan had a big resurgence. That's never nationwide. good. Mm -mm. No, it's never good. But, no. but because of those two things, they moved this rock. Uh, the good thing was it didn't cost the taxpayers any money. This was all private donation to move the rock. But $50,000 to do so. Yeah, you're making... <laughs> I want to bite my lip, too. Um, but the, they moved the rock. They didn't destroy the rock. They just moved it to another part of campus or just off campus where it could be studied because, again, geology and everything. Oh, well, yeah, it's super old. But here's this. They had to get special permission from a, a historical society in Wisconsin because this rock, this two-billion-year-old rock, was 15 feet away from an Indian burial ground. So there's a chance that if it was this close to a burial ground for whatever tribe this was... It may have had different meaning to this tribe than, say, a bunch of drunk, racist yokels in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And they say that this makes the students feel better. I'm failing to see how it does. You know what I mean? It's a rock. And I got news for everybody. As, uh, as big a moment as they think this is, two 15-year-olds can look at a church steeple and make penis jokes because that's what they're going to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? That There's always going to be somebody that uh, derides something because they're immature. Yeah. Let me give you another example. Ball State. Chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp. Sigma Chi. Well-known alumni would be a, a broadcaster. Went to New York and hosted a show or two. Mm -hmm. um, there was a cross on the front yard, and it still may be there. Don't know what it means. I don't think they're racist. But, you know, every fraternity has some sort of thing with their heritage, you know, secret heritage, like, you know, how Freemasons are always wanting to rule the world. Mm -hmm. You know, Sigma Chi has this cross. And every now and again, on a Friday or Saturday night, drunk college kids would light it on fire. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. nah. Now, now they, they might find that funny because, well, it's, it's on not. fire. But if you're a black student walking down the street. No. No. It, it's not funny but, at all. But to Sigma Chi, who does not light the cross on fire. They, it's not clan related. At least I don't think it is. Mm. So when you talk about moving this rock, two billion years old, it may have outlived its fair share of racists. <laughs> you see, I'm sifting through all of this right now. Yeah. Um, it's a lot to take in, isn't it? Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Love others. Love others. And be kind. And, and, and don't get upset about rocks because... As far as I could tell, nothing derogatory was carved into this rock. And the only way I could see removing this rock is if there were clan rallies held on it or something even worse. 
and I'll just leave it to everyone else's imagination what the worst might be. You know, I, I, I just, this doesn't solve anything because the people that got angry about this rock are going to find something else to be angry about. Mm-hmm. It just, it keeps going. It keeps going. And the only way things get better is if you stop being angry and talk to each other. Mm-hmm. There's, when you assume there's lots of uh, things that you could assume mm-hmm. wrong about. Mm-hmm. You have to have a conversation, just a very open-ended conversation and just meet people halfway. Yeah. Unless you really can't yeah. meet them halfway. But so, some things you just can't agree on. And that's mm. fine. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's best to walk away. But yeah. it just it just seems like we're in the age of the perpetual axe grinding. Mm-hmm. And, and this rock kind of shows that. And I'm sure they're going to find something else to remove from that college campus. Mm-hmm. Among other things. Now, I'm going to wrap things up with a mental exercise with you. And it involves me telling a story from Chicago this past weekend. Off-duty cop and his buddy, they're driving down Lake Shore Drive. They get sideswiped. And, of course, they pulled the guys over that did it. Guy says, hey, I'm an off-duty cop. Get out of the car, right? Uh-huh. Three of them get out of the car. And the dude in question, I guess, that was driving was a little belligerent and decided to attack the off-duty officer. Well, that was dumb. Yeah, well, it gets even dumber. Okay. Um, because then the buddy of the off-duty cop is trying to pull this dude off the cop, right? Uh-huh. The guy turns around and bites the dude's nipple off. Kind of painful, right? Yeah. Uh, so now the guy in question uh, that did all of this, uh, by the way, his mug shot on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, it looks like he lost two fights. His face looks a little swollen. Uh, a $100,000 bail. And that's 10% of what he's actually charged. Did you know that? I now do know that, uh-huh. yeah. So, yeah, he's he's looking at some trouble. And he, I, I would, even though worthless on a dude, getting a nipple bitten off, would suck. I mean, the, the pain, of course, I just got snipped. But the mental exercise I have for you are is if somebody was to bite something off of you, okay. what three body parts would you prefer they bite off? Okay. Um, my butt, because it's fat. Whoa. I could lose all the weight I would need to. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So all of your butt, just, that, would be, that would require a big butt or a big mouth. <laughs> God dang. Okay. <laughs> You're not getting any points here. No, I'm but not. But I'm being I'm being brutally honest with you. Ever since I had Logan, mm-hmm. there's uh there's lots of frontier back there. Okay, okay. so lots so, of frontier. But would it be all of your butt or just a little bit of your butt? You take as much fat as you can, please. Okay, so fat out of the butt. That'd be the first one. Okay, uh, tricep fat. Tricep fat. Well, even you've, you've been lifting weights lately. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not saying this because I want the easy way out. I've been working out and doing cardio and doing great. Just don't, yeah, just don't bite any major arteries, okay? Yeah, please don't. No brachial artery. Okay. Um, so those, those are two. What's your third one? Uh, probably my elbow because no one, no one can feel anything there. <sighs> yeah, but you would, you would risk losing half your arm, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what would I need my arm for? Exactly. See, I was thinking, okay, nipple, part of one of my earlobes. And maybe a pinky toe, you know, because anything else, man, I don't know. I would, I would get a little freaked out. Not that I would, would not not get freaked out having something bit off. So, yeah. but yeah, that, that, that just seems weird. You get pulled over. Hey, I'm a cop. Yeah. Well, let me fight you and bite your buddy's nipple off. Mm-hmm. <sighs> man, mm-hmm. It takes all kinds, but, uh, that's basically it for, uh, 
for this go round. Yeah, I, I really felt like I ran a marathon doing that mental exercise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now nobody has to bite anything off of you. You're a lean, mean uh, marathon machine. Oh. You can bite something off of me later. Okay, looking forward to it. All right, so <laughs> uh, there you have it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to chime in about everything, uh, again, Facebook.com, Mike Davidson Lives. Got uh, Mike Davidson Lives to tweet at Davidson Lives. It's Twitter, of course, and we're on Podbean. We're on Spotify and other things. Another episode coming your way next week. Until later, we'll talk to you later. Okay, later. <laughs>